think I've been part of the women's movement in Sierra Leone since I returned from studying in 1984. Um, when I was at university in the United Kingdom, I became um, involved in feminist politics and in um, the anti-racist struggle um, at my university in the United Kingdom. And thereafter, when I came back to Sierra Leone, I became in, you know, I, I just continued that kind of activism because there were a lot of issues that were concerning me about the situation of women and, and of children, and particularly girl children. During the war, we had the movement focused on peace and the return to um, civilian rule as a way of attaining peace. We moved on from there to the elections and women's champion, championing of elections. These were all um, various stages, women's groups responding, activists responding to emerging issues. So um, when we came back after the war was ended, the peace process was um, entrenched. Then we had the TRC looking back at the war. We had our activism and our work around the special court and ensuring that the um, crimes against women really were given the attention that they should have done. And in the TRC report, there was also a recommendation for their, you know, the government to adopt at least a 30% quota for women in leadership positions. And so that was how the women's movement came to embrace and take on this, you know, question of leadership. Because we found that even though we had laws now, which should have been for the benefit of all the women in the country, because, you know, we didn't have that critical mass, that minimum core number of women in leadership, you know, the, the, the laws remained empty promises. Um, there was no, there were, you know, there was issues over whether there would be resources. There were not people pushing within government for resources to be given for addressing women's issues. And um, the international climate also was very much pro putting women in leadership. So that was how this, you know, agitation for the 30% quota um, came about. Well, basically, the men didn't want it. I mean, starting from President uh, Kuruma, because when we, you know, the women's groups took the issue of the quota to him, instead of him giving it to his, you know, parliamentary majority in parliament, saying to his lead, APC leadership in parliament, now you, here is the quota law, you know, pass this law. Because I should say that in 2012, President Kaba and President Kuruma was at the peak of his power, his popularity and authority, his legitimacy. And if he had, you know, said to Parliament, you do it, it would have, it would have been passed as quickly as possible. Again, as a private member's bill, it could have gone through very quickly if President Kuruma had handed it over as a government bill and taken it to parliament. The thing about a movement is that, you know, it comes, it's mostly a movement, it's like 
uh, below the ground. It's a network. It's a root. It's, you know, it's a you know, and it, it come pops up as and when is necessary. You know, for to do whatever you need to do. So the you know the women who had been working on women's issues from a welfare perspective in the 60s and the 70s, who had withdrawn from you know, active politics, women in politics because of the violence, and had put all their attention and effort into education, health, at the community level, you know. They were all there, and, um, you know, they would come out when you needed them, you know. So when we needed to invite women to the Bintumani conference, I remember going to people like my mom, um, um, other women who had been working on these other issues, and they could tell you, well, if you go to Bont District, ask for, you know, Madame Menji Jenge, see if she's there. Menji Jenge, she's still alive. She's an old lady now. She was a magistrate, and, you know, in Bont. She tells you the wonderful story of, you know, this UN helicopter coming down. And then they say, oh, we've come from Menjijenge, and all her family were running away and so afraid. And, you know, and it was for her to come to, to, to Freetown to attend Bintumani. And we wouldn't, I didn't know her. I hadn't been active. I had been a student. I had been away. So, you know, it, 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 it exists, you know. And you make networks. You have your solidarity. And that's how it survives. You lift your head up. Maybe you succeed, maybe you fail. If you succeed, you dance around, then you go back. And if you fail, you go back quietly and get on with your work. Because the work happens in the communities, you know, whether it's in the village, you know, the education, the building of the networks, the relationships, helping each other, the solidarity. The networking is very important so that you know, now the networking is all in the full. Oh, we need to talk to this person. Who is this person here? Oh, call her. Da, 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 da. This, that's, the, that's the activism work. That's the movement. It's not when you're out on the streets with the banners and the this and the that. The international and national conferences are important because they expose you to new allies. They give you new ideas. But for the survival of the movement... It's when we are bringing new people, just as I was brought in as a young person, you know, I too bring in other young people and get them involved. That's how, that's the women's movement in Sierra Leone. A very key and important part of the, you know, sustaining the women's movement is sustaining women's organizations because individuals can be broken. They can be silenced. But it's very hard to kill an organization of women, you know, if the members want it to survive. I think there's no doubt the political parties is where it's at. So, um, you know, they're the only ones who can nominate um, political ca candidates to be president. So I think that's where we need to focus our attention, getting more of us to join political parties and to stand up and be counted, um, you know. We, because if you're not in, the, if if we do not have that critical mass now within the political parties, 
then we don't have much chance of getting women candidates chosen, of you know policies that are attractive to women, etc., etc. It's the political parties that do this, and you can't do politics if you're not inside it. It's not theory, you know. You can learn some things. But Sierra Leonean politics, you know, they say Creole spoon never take on Creole soup. So, you know, the politic, the politics needs to have more women in there, and not just as cooks and you know, ashobi wearers. My name is Yasmin Jusu Sharif, and I am a lawyer and women's rights activist. Practice my profession. Um, as a lawyer in Freetown, Sierra Leone, and also before the ECOWAS Community Court of Justice.